Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 570 of the Juicebox Podcast. Today on the show, Mandy is here. She is the mother of a child with type 1 diabetes. She does a lot of different things, actually. She writes books, and um, she's super honest on podcasts about the anxiety she feels around type 1. Please remember while you're listening that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. It is officially Diabetes Awareness Month, and I want to remind you that I am personally trying to add 2,000 surveys to the T1D Exchange in the month of November. I need your help. If you're a type 1 who lives in the United States or the caregiver of a type 1 who lives in the United States, please go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. Take you less than 10 minutes. You can do it right from your phone. Super simple questions. Completely HIPAA compliant and absolutely anonymous. That's all you have to do to help people living with type 1. t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by Omnipod, makers of the Omnipod Dash and the Omnipod Promise, which I'll tell you more about in the ads very, very soon. The podcast is also sponsored by Dexcom, makers of the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor, Dexcom.com forward slash juice box to get started right now. My name is Mandy Morielli, and I am the mother of a type 1 diabetic. She is now 14 years old and was diagnosed when she was 11. 11, three years ago. <laughs> wow. Um, three years ago, 2018-ish? Uh, 2017. 17. Okay. Yeah. That's not that long ago. <laughs> it feels like it. Well, that was my question. Does it feel like forever ago or does it feel like it just happened? It feels like forever. Like I I really, even though it's only been a couple of years, it's like diabetes has always been in our lives now. Mm -hmm. Can you, can you properly explain to people the difference between the panic in the beginning and how you feel now? It's like night and day. I, I guess if anybody newly diagnosed is listening to this, it, it does get better. It doesn't get easier. I wouldn't say easier, but you learn how to do it better. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a much calmer person than I was in 2017 for sure. <laughs> That's true. You stop vibrating, right? Everything, <laughs> yeah. everything stops feeling like a disaster. It's why I feel so badly for people who have anxiety because they always have that heightened feeling of like, ah, um, but well, that's, that's me. I'm, I'm the most anxious person you'll ever meet. Oh, no kidding. And, and you then, feel better. I do. I mean, well, as far as diabetes, I got a million other worries, but as far as <laughs> my child and type one, yeah, I feel much better. Mandy's like, I don't have to panic about diabetes. I'm panicking about a number of other things. Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's funny and not funny at the same time. So, um, how did you figure out your daughter had type one? We were, we were planning a, um, Memorial day trip to a, a water park mm -hmm. and I mean, everybody was excited and uh, except for Brandy, she was just kind of just laying around, didn't want to get out of bed. She kept saying her stomach hurt. Um, 
and she was drinking an unbelievable amount of fluid. I've never seen anything like it. Um, but I still didn't know that that's what it was because I've, I've never had any experience with, with diabetes. Um, so I kind of thought, well, maybe she's getting strep throat. Maybe she's just got a stomach bug. So we, we let it go for a couple days until she finally, and this is really sad, um, her little frail little self come down the steps and she says, mom, I really need to go to the hospital. There's something really wrong. And we took her to urgent care. Oh, see, you made me sad when you said that because I'm it, it was really sad. It was, I got felt so bad. <laughs> well, not that part, not the part where you like knew she didn't feel well and you didn't like spring into action. Like that an 11 year old was aware that their health was in danger. And, yeah. and that's the part that got me. I think that she was like, I like, <laughs> unless she came downstairs, like, all right, listen, you people are never going to pull this together. So let me explain to you. I have to, yeah. go to the, it wasn't like that. Right. No, no, no. no. Yeah. She was just, there was something really wrong, mom. I need to go to the hospital. Wow. What did you think in that moment when she said that to you? Do you remember? Well, I have four kids and they're all hypochondriacs and they all have something that they don't have. So we, we went through a, a long period of, of somebody always needs to go to the doctor. I've got this, I've got that. So I didn't really, I mean, I knew she was sick, but I didn't know oh. that's what it was. So I really thought this was going to be another urgent care trip where, Oh, you've got a stomach bug, go home and drink some fluids. You're fine. Mm-hmm. Have, have your kids ever complained about something that doesn't exist or they just kind of over blow, blow the thing that does exist. My kids are like WebMD <laughs> looking up nonsense. They've, they've all got something terribly wrong. <laughs> And none of them have anything except for Brandy has diabetes. Wow. Yeah. Everybody's like, I have fibromyalgia. I'm like, do you? <laughs> like, well, I have a lot of these symptoms. I was like, all right. I, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everybody's got the internet, right? So you're just like, yeah. I know what the problem is. And, you know, the pro- You know, the, the weird thing is, is that every once in a while, somebody's right about that. And, yeah. you know, and then everybody else gets to be like, you know, oh, I'm such a hypochondriac. And they get to blow it off. But you get, you got a thing and you got stuck with it. So it sounds like, is there any other autoimmune in your family line? No, no. no. Um, I have a cousin actually, I'm sorry, that, that has type one, um, okay. but she got diagnosed when she was pregnant and it kind of just remained. Right. Yeah, that happens. But other than that, nobody. Even those people you feel horrible for, not that you wouldn't, oh, but, yeah. but you know, so many people get gestational diabetes and then it's gone. And then every, you know, every, you know, every random lucky person is like, Oh, look, mine stayed great. Or, yeah. you know, it comes later in life after that. Um, okay. So somebody has it, but not the way you think of getting it. Yeah. Uh, as far as like, you know, I wonder if gestational is autoimmune. I don't, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't, I'm not either. I'm wondering if I care enough to Google. <laughs> Maybe not. So you ended up at urgent care eventually and yes. were they able to diagnose her there? Um, yes, they did. Um, it, it didn't take, um, it was, it was really fast actually. Um, I mean, within maybe 30 minutes, we were right in the door and seen and like, hey, this is what you got. And we're calling an ambulance to take you to the hospital. Okay. Okay. And so you're off. How long do they keep her at the hospital? I guess. How and what was her blood, her A1C, do you remember? Um, I want to say 14. Um, I don't remember her exact blood sugar. Um, It was way up there. It it wasn't even reading like on a a finger glucose, you know. We were in the hospital about five days. Wow. You said her A1C was like 14? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. How long, in hindsight, do you feel like this was going on? I'd say quite a while. I mean, I I just kind of thought she was little. You know what I mean? I thought she was just a frail little thing. I didn't know 
she was dying. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that's what it was. I just thought she was a little, a little one. <laughs> yeah. Did she put weight on when you got her the insulin? Oh, oh yeah, real fast. More like back to where you remember her starting or beyond? Beyond. I mean, I mean, she's not like like heavy, but right. she's she's healthy. Well, that that was my that was really my the the impetus behind my question was like was perhaps her growth and her progression being stifled like i definitely think so i mean she she was a little one i think she was i mean she was still in like like little clothes not like adult sizes i don't know if you know what you know difference in the sizes are but i could still buy like youth clothes for her like they still fit around her little waist and she was just a bony little thing mandy i've been a stay-at-home dad for over 20 years okay okay (laughs) i know more about girls clothes than anybody (laughs) Right. <laughs> I'm the well, co- I could still get her in like a like a six T at that point. She oh was, my she was gosh! Little. Wow. Yeah. Holy God! And and that wasn't like, boy, that is interesting, isn't it? So she was she. You thought she was just in general your smaller child? Yeah, I just thought she was a little runt. Is she? <laughs> is she? Um. Is she more in line with the other kids at this point? Um, for the most part. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's healthy. She's about, I think she's 140 pounds. Um, she's like five, six. That's very cool. It looks like a normal, normal 14 year old. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. Uh, it's exciting. Uh, just to see somebody feel better is exciting. Um, but in that moment when you're in the hospital and you've never really thought about type one diabetes before, I mean, and you've got four kids, like, how do you juggle all that? I, I'm interested in, in how you absorb those first couple of days when you have so many other responsibilities. Well, everything turned to Brandy um, at that point. Um, the other three were with their dad, who is not Brandy's dad. So they, they were with him. Okay. And I focused 100% on Brandy. Um, it, it was a whirlwind. I mean, like I had a complete nervous breakdown twice, I guess, in that week. <laughs> it was It was a lot. I imagine I really do. Did you feel was part of that feeling that you were falling apart? Did it have anything to do with the rec, the realization that she had been telling you she didn't feel well and you didn't do anything? Oh yeah. Extreme, extreme guilt. I still feel guilty. It's, it's like almost four years later, three and a half years later. I still feel so guilty. Like I can still see in the back of my mind, her just laying there telling me she shouldn't feel good. And I didn't really believe her. How does that, if it does, how does that manifest in your current life? Is it sh- stress anxiety like how does the guilt like hit you is it just a thought ain't more anxiety because i'm already an anxious person i mean there's there's times where i i can wake up in the middle of the night you know sleeping perfectly fine and wake up and i'm like oh my god why didn't i take brandy to the hospital faster no kidding. <laughs> still all these years later oh i'm sorry well, that that's uh that's terrible well um between two strangers um you didn't do anything wrong and uh <laughs> I hope you stop feeling that way because there's no like there's no reasonable correlation, really. You know, like you said, like you have four kids and they're always like, "This hurts, that hurts, this is happening." Yeah. And you're, you know, it's like, "Ah, oh, sure." Like one of them was like, "I'm dying," and they're like, "Of course you're not." And <laughs> so she happened to be right. Uh, <laughs> that's tough. So you're with. Let me make sure I understand. Are you with? Are you with Brandy's father? I'm not. No, he passed away. Oh. Um, actually, uh, he passed away in February, and she was diagnosed in May. Well, how did you leave that out of the story? That's like saying I had a major car accident. I was wrapped around a tree. I lived through it, and then I took four steps and was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. That's terrible. <laughs> Are you okay? I'm good, yeah. You sure? 
Yes. <laughs> okay. I, I, I didn't mean like, are you sure? Like you wouldn't know, but I just want to be sure. Like that's, that's okay. My goodness. So am I right to say then your, your second husband passes away, Brandy's father, and a number of weeks later, she's diagnosed. Is that all right? Um, to make myself not sound terrible, I don't know if you can edit this. I wasn't married to him. Oh, um. <laughs> I think that sounds terrible. <laughs> I think there are a lot of women right now who are like, I wish I could say I wasn't married to the guy I'm with. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he was just Brandy's dad. He, he was not my husband. No. Gotcha. So you didn't have, you weren't living with him or having like some major no, no, emotional no, no, no. connection to him. Oh, okay. No, no, right. no, no. So, so Okay. I don't want to go any deeper than that because I'm afraid I'm going to ask you that you weren't that upset and you're going to be like, yeah, I really wasn't that upset. And then I'm then that will make of you. Of course, sound I was upset, upset. Nobody wants anybody to die, and yeah. I, you don't want to see your child's father die. No, of course. No, I, I, you know, I, I'm I could have been, I could have been more upset, but <laughs> I was not. Andy, you're finding me joking in all the wrong places, uh, but I'm still <laughs> amused for reasons that are hard to put together. But how was she? I mean, her father passed. She, um, it was. Now, I mean, they had a relationship, yes, but not not a great relationship. So she um, she she cried. Yeah, um, we laid in bed and cried for together for you know like at least a day and a half, and and then she kind of just bounced back. It was she she goes to therapy for it now <laughs> because yeah. she she kind of processed it a little uh, better and faster than you would think one would. Mm -hmm. So you wanted to make sure that it was really yeah, processed, yeah. Yeah. See, you're a good mom. You're doubting yourself. <laughs> you're doubting yourself earlier. You're doing the right stuff. Um, I, this may, I might be coming out of left field and be a hundred percent wrong by this. Is there any chance that the shock of his passing was the trauma that threw her body into flux? So I was, I don't, I didn't want to say that cause I didn't want to seem like a crazy person, but like I've, I've always thought that I didn't, because it came out of nowhere and they say that, you know, traumatic events can, can cause that to happen. So I, I really don't know. I, I have to tell you, I've seen people develop like Hashimoto's after like traumatic, like months of their life and, and stuff like that. Then stress. again, she was, she was still tiny back then too. No matter what. Yeah. But she couldn't have, oh, I, as I say, she couldn't have had it that long, man. Maybe she could have. Maybe it could have been sp a sputtering pancreas that was going on for, I mean, you know, you hear some people who are diagnosed super early and they'll experience their honeymoon for years. Like who's to say you couldn't not be diagnosed and experience that honeymoon for years. Yeah. You know, um, goodness, I'm sorry. I, that's a lot to go through. It's, um, it, it's a, uh, it's brave of you to tell us. I, I seriously appreciate it. Um, okay. So she's diagnosed and how do they start her treatment off? I mean, only three years ago, like there's a hopeful part of me that's like they gave her a pump and a CGM in the hospital. But what happened? Hey, let's not waste any time. Let's dig right in. You may be eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash. Go to Omnipod.com forward slash juice box to find out. That's a free 30 days, one twelfth of a year of using an insulin pump on the free, cheap, zero cost to you. Are you kidding me? Do you hear what I'm saying? Check out the Omnipod dash, omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Now, if you're saying to yourself, but Scott, I'm waiting for that next big thing that's coming from Omnipod. I don't want to waste my time switching to the dash right now. And plus, 
What if I switch to the dash and then I can't upgrade to that other thing should it ever happen? Well, to that I say, ha, not a concern. Because there's no need to wait for the next big thing with the Omnipod Promise. You can upgrade to Omnipod's latest technologies for no additional cost as soon as they're available to you and covered by insurance. Now, terms and conditions apply, but what I'm saying is, go get yourself the Omnipod Dash, and if in a few weeks or months or what have you, Omnipod happens to come out with something else and you want it, you come up and you go, uh, hello, Omnipod? You promised I could switch. And they'll go, okay. And then that's it. Do you see what I'm saying? There's no need to wait. And why would you want the Omnipod? Well, mm, friends, it's a tubeless insulin pump. There's no tubing. It doesn't get caught on desk drawers or doorknobs or hinges or cabinet handles or you don't have to take it off to take a shower or go swimming. And because you don't have to take it off, you won't forget to put it back on after you take a shower and your blood sugar won't get all crazy high. And you spend all afternoon trying to get back down again. And then none of that happens with the Omnipod because it's tubeless. No tubing. That's what tubeless means. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Links in the show notes. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com. Go check out the insulin pump that my daughter has been wearing for over 13 years every day. You know what else she's been wearing for quite some time? As a matter of fact, I've just utilized it moments ago. That's right. I'm talking about the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. How did I use it most recently? Well, let me tell you a little story. Arden's blood sugar got a little sticky high because she needed a new pump and she was dilly-dallying around about changing it. So she changed it, got her insulin delivery back to where we wanted it to be, and we had to break this 160-ish blood sugar, which we were a little aggressive about, and did a wonderful job of bringing it down. As a matter of fact, almost stopped it perfectly, around 75, but it drifted under 70. Arden's out at a friend's house. She's not paying attention to her blood sugar because she's a child. So I got a little alert on my phone, beep, beep, beep. And I said, oh, what is this? And I looked and Arden's blood sugar had gone below 70. And I sent her a text. Let me read it to you. It says, carbs, 10, now. She says, and this is stunning, her response, okay. Then do you know what she did? She took in 10 carbs. And do you know where her blood sugar is now? It is super duper, amazingly stable, 78. I can follow Arden's Dexcom with my iPhone. If I had an Android phone, I could follow it with that as well. Actually, up to 10 people could follow her. Seeing her blood sugar in real time, just as she can on her phone. And one day she'll grow up and check it for herself. <laughs> but for today, I can see it. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Support the sponsors, support the show. Back to Mandy. They did not know. Um, it took a couple days. So she was on the, you know, the, like the, the IV drip or whatever, bringing the insulin down to a safe number. Um, and then we went home. This was nervous breakdown number two, when they sent us home with all this stuff. And I have no idea what to do, like with just, um, you know, blood glucose meter and um, pens. Yeah. When you yeah. say nervous breakdown, do you mean like, like traditional psychological, like falling apart or screaming in a pillow in a closet? <laughs> um this one i mean and i'm I'm not really even embarrassed to say this because i think 
other moms are going to feel me on this one. We, I'm holding her hand. We're walking out of the hospital to find our car and we couldn't find our car. Mm-hmm. And we sit down on the ground in front of the hospital on the streets in Louisville, Kentucky. And I start crying like a crazy person, nervous breakdown. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, well, um, I don't have all of that, but we stopped in the dining room of the hospital on the way out and Arden had this little pizza, which I didn't know anything about diabetes and Kelly didn't know. We gave her, you know, a shot and I think in her thigh and then she just ate, you know, I didn't think about pre-bolusing or like, I didn't understand any of that. And then, uh, she ate the food and we went out to the car and we were in the parking garage and I thought like it, it was right away. I, I, I guess my my fear slash paranoia in you know slash quizzical nature about Arden's health has always been there because I was it was only forty five minutes after we gave her the injection and all I could think of is like what's her blood sugar now? Yeah. You know, and um and so I tested her with a meter in the car, which you know, at this point it's you know, it's hard to remember back that far, but it was traumatic to have to poke her finger. And so you're doing that. She's two years old. She just spent like four days, five days in the hospital. She's, you know, she looks dazed. And um, I tested her and then I got the number. And I, I can tell you that I don't remember the number. I just remember wondering, am I supposed to do something about this or yeah. not? And then feeling frozen and then driving and wondering the entire time if her blood sugar was going up or down while we were driving around. So, um, and you were on your way back to four children, right? Yeah. And, and, yeah. and you're a single mom with four kids, right? So that's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, my God, I might've, I might've been like, Hey honey, stand here for a second. Mommy's going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> when a policeman comes, just tell him that, uh, I got, tell him you're okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. tell him you got diabetes and there's uh, some kids at home. He might want to check on. I got to go. Um, but, but instead it just overwhelming, responsibility that you felt like you couldn't stand up to or yeah I, I really didn't feel like I mean maybe they gave me enough information in the hospital but I wasn't able to receive it as well as I should have mm-hmm. or maybe they didn't give me enough information in the hospital okay. but I just didn't feel like I could do it oh man I don't I can't I can't say that I don't understand you know I, I completely understand so what pulls you out of that in the by the car um, well, we had to call, can't. we had to call somebody to come get us. We, we, we never, we did, we ended up, yes, we found the car, but not that day. <laughs> somebody came and got us and, uh, we went home from there. <laughs> no kidding. Oh, that's really something else. Um, yeah. did you have family come and kind of pile around you after that? Or how did you, how did the first days go at home? No, not really. No. Um, I don't really think that, that the family understood or still to this mm-hmm. day even understands how serious it is and how much work goes into it. Um, so it's, it's really been, I mean, I have help. Yes. I don't want to, you know, if any of my family is listening, <laughs> I'm not talking <laughs> bad about anybody, but, but in that moment um, there weren't people around. No. Yeah. No. You don't even know what to ask for. I was asked. So we were on vacation with my wife's family. And so I was asked when Kelly and I were asked like, you know, what would help? And I just said like, can you, clean our house for us and get all the laundry done. Like, like, can you just give me a blank slate at home? Like, I don't, I don't want to go home and have to do the laundry and figure out diabetes. Like, so, and it was, you know, 
hindsight, it it was very helpful, but it wasn't that helpful. It was just, yeah. it was the only thing I could think of. Like, can you go take other responsibilities away from me, please? Yeah, um, because there, there nobody, in my opinion, nobody's ever going to be able to take this responsibility from me. Like, I can't, I can't even transfer it to somebody else. This is mine and mine only. I don't trust anybody to, to do it. Yeah. Honestly, Mandy, for the first two years, I was a poor imitation of a caregiver for somebody with type one. I didn't know what I was doing and I was pretty bad at it. Her A1C pointed that out. Um, yeah, I couldn't get her A1C out of the mid eights. Honestly, like, I really didn't know what I was doing and she was so small and you know, she didn't weigh very much and she didn't eat very much. And the amount of insulin she needed was such a little bit and there was no pump and there was no CGM. And I was just like, trying not to give her a seizure most of the time it felt like like that felt like my my goals most days um it's crazy did something happen that got you over it or did you learn something that made the feeling like how do you transition uh you or what happened it got me over it (laughs) Hey, we didn't I mean, plan. It, tell people it, we didn't plan that answer. It took me two years answer. to find you, but it, yeah, it was you. <laughs> Mandy, tell people we didn't plan that answer first, okay? <laughs> we did not plan that answer. <laughs> Thanks. You can trust her. So, um, no kidding. Yeah. So you struggled for two years. I struggled for two years. D- did you like to cry in the shower? That was my favorite place to cry. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yes. Well, I don't like showers. I'm a bath person. So uh-huh. I, I would fill the bathtub and soak and just have a nice cry. Yeah. <laughs> I used to like a uh, late afternoon. My wife would come home and I'd be like, I never got a chance to get a shower today. And that was my, then I would just turn on the radio and the shower and cry in the shower and then come out and be like, I'm ready for the next half of this day. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's terrible. Um, so you found, so what, it, it, forget it's me for a second. Like, what was it that, that helped? Uh, with, I mean, learning to be, to, to use insulin. I was afraid of insulin okay. for, for two years. I was, I, I thought 200 was safe and that, that we should just, you know, go to bed at 200. You're fine. At least you're not going to die in your sleep, you know? Mm-hmm. I have to tell you that I think that at the core, oh, I'm going to cough. Excuse me. <coughs> that somehow came on by surprise and not a surprise at the same time. That was odd. <laughs> I got like a warning. If I had a warning light, it would have went on. Like you're going to cough <laughs> in a minute. Like I was like, I'm going to cough. But <laughs> now it's here again. Hold on a second. <coughs> so I owe everybody an explanation. I tried to take a vitamin while you were talking last time, and now I see that was a horrible mistake, although I've never once coughed after taking a vitamin. Um, <laughs> but I usually don't take a vitamin and then continue to talk to people uh, you know, at this rate. Uh, fear is, to me, at the core of what most people struggle with. It's the fear yeah. of insulin. It's just it's very difficult. It's what struck me. It's what I hear people talk about. And until you understand all of the myriad of things that can make that fear lessen and fear feel more feel less um it's the word i want um like it just happens right like like that feeling that low blood sugars can just happen magically out of nowhere um, which is true for people when they don't know how to use their insulin until you can get to that spot where you get your settings right and you get your mm-hmm. timing right 
And you're like, wow, things happen that I expect now. Even like low blood sugars, I can kind of see coming, almost like my cough just now. Um, like, <laughs> like, I'm like, I think this is going to end up with us having to intervene in two hours. Like, I could never have seen stuff like that before. And, you know, much respect to Dexcom for the product that they make because that makes it all um, much, oh, much yeah, easier. Oh, yeah, Dexcom. I, I don't think I slept for the first six months until we got Dexcom. Yeah. I was talking to a family the other day. And I said, uh, can I text you later? And she's like, I don't sleep. It doesn't matter when. And she wasn't, oh, wow. she wasn't kidding, you know, and I felt terrible. So I was like, I was like, look here, let me see if I can help you a little bit. And they're in a similar situation, like really little kid. And so much of that management with tiny, younger, newly diagnosed people is like feel. It's not a lot of like mathematical answers. You know what I mean? Like it's a little yeah. bit of like, you got to know when to zig and when to zag and stuff like that. And kind of sucks so um did you find the pro tips or did you just start listening through episodes i just started listening through episodes um we um i told you this in the email we were on a cruise actually with all the kids and uh, brandy had been going crazy on the buffet eating whatever she wanted and i'm trying to you know keep a rain on it and then coming home from florida driving back to kentucky I was actually, I'm like, I'm a really big office fan. So I was looking for something to listen to. So I'm looking up podcasts because I heard they had a podcast right. and I found you and I mean, 10 hours in the car, like the kids hate the sound of your voice still to this day because <laughs> 10 <laughs> hours in the car from Kentucky to Florida, that's all we listen to. Some more people I can marry because the, the, <laughs> they already hate the sound of my voice. They're well ahead of the, of the, <laughs> of the desire for the job. Um, yeah, I can imagine. There are, I, I believe, I joked about it online the other day, but I believe there are a lot of children all over the world that hate me <laughs> because their parents are like, listen to this. Um, but that, and that helped. So it wasn't like you were like, were you putting it in practice in the car ride already or was it just? Absolutely, yes. Nope, yeah, because like on the way down, she slept obviously, but she was sleeping at 250, 300 because I was comfortable and she was safe and she was asleep and let it be. Mm. On the way home, you know, I discover you and be bold with insulin. So I'm, you know, make the choice to to do it. And if she goes too far, I'm going to put a juice box in her and we'll be okay. And she rides home and like at like 90 wow. instead of 300. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Did that alleviate any of your anxiety or? or yes. Guilt? Yes, absolutely. That's excellent. Oh, I'm glad for you. That is really cool. Um, I have to, uh, I have to admit and I, I, I'm hoping this never stops, but I am uh, mixed with like two different emotions when people talk like this. I'm very happy and I feel very good about the podcast and what it does. And at the same time, I still don't feel like it's hard for me to take the, if there's a compliment in there, it's hard for me to take it. Um, oh, so there's I, definitely a compliment in there. Yeah. I mean, we would be absolutely lost without you. I'm sure thousands of other people would be as well let's say tens of thousands tens of thousands of other people i was gonna say millions but i thought i was overshooting well millions would be is lost probably, without you yeah millions is probably overshooting but i mean you know i mean there's there's like three i don't want to say how many downloads there are but there's over three million downloads and i think we're going to get to four million this year but there's wow. also you know you got to assume some people listen to 10 or 20 episodes some people listen to all of them you know you, you don't know how many downloads is really a person but yeah. what I can tell you is, is it's, that's a lot. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's, this is a very niche podcast. And yeah. I mean, it's not diabetes. It's not type two diabetes. It's type one, you know? And then most people have to get over the idea that 
I don't have diabetes. And that's a leap for people. So like when you really like funnel it down to the people who are going to be willing to listen at the beginning, um, the expansiveness of the show only has to do with people listening, finding it valuable, and then telling somebody else about it. Otherwise, I could never, I wouldn't be able to grow the podcast on my own like that. Yeah. Uh, so that's really cool. How about, how about your daughter? Is she a different person today than she was a year ago? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely, well, she's turned into a, you know, a teenager throughout this course. So she's been a teenager <laughs> to be nice, <laughs> but I can see the difference, you know, when she's high, her attitude, how it is as opposed to when she's steady and normal and doing what we're supposed to be doing. Um, yeah. She's a, she's a pretty cool person to hang out with yeah, <laughs> when she's at an, a normal blood sugar. <laughs> um, any any weird like body aches or anything like that when she gets higher cr- besides just the cranky stuff? Do you notice any physical stuff? Uh, no, she's not really ever mentioned any physical. Okay. I mean, maybe like a headache. She kind of just cranky and headache. Okay. No, I was just wondering. Um, actually, okay. give me a second. I got to text Arden about taking some insulin. It's nothing exciting. It's just bumping a number. So um, make sure she gets it. How much of her management is she part of and how much are you? You guys do it as a team or how do you do it? Um, we're, we're starting the transition now um, to her taking a more active role in it. Because at first it was all me because she was younger. And then it was all me because I wanted control and I wanted to get her, you know, on track. Right. And now we're to the point where I think, you know, what are you going to do without me? So let's start teaching you what you need to do. Well, it's great. And she's picking it up. She is. Um, just we're having some issues because summer's rolling around and she wants to wear shorts and she wants her belly to show in her shirts and she doesn't want a Dexcom showing and things like that. So we're having a little bit of fights about that, but. For the most part, she's she's taken control, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I don't have that um, that specific issue with Arden. She doesn't care if people see the stuff. But I know that it, it's a uh, a reality for, for a lot of people. So yeah. she doesn't want people to see it. And what, do you no. do, and what do you do with it then? Well, the Dexcom, you can kind of go hip. Yeah. Right? Um, she basically just does her stomach and her arms. And um, we have such a terrible rash right now, though, from Omnipod that she went off of Omnipod for about a month to try to clear up her arms, but the numbers weren't as good. So we're back on it now. Have you looked at some of the ways that people um, make barriers for? Yeah, we, we actually just found the skin tech okay. barrier about two weeks ago. Good. Yeah. It, it's, um, it's a shame, but medical tape causes rashes for some people sometimes, and it's not ever, it's not like the first time you put it on always and it's not, and sometimes it just doesn't happen to anybody ever. Uh, there are times of years where it doesn't bother Arden at all. There's times of year where like, she'll be a little red when she pulls it off. She doesn't really get a rash anymore. We used to get, she used, um, used to, let me make sure I, I lay this out right. She never had a problem and then started to develop a problem. And then that led me to stop using alcohol to prep her sites. And then the problem went away. Okay. And that's been the extent of it. So I, I God, this is like 2012 maybe. And, uh, hmm. and I, she had this redness under her pod 
and I was like literally standing thinking like, what is, you know, what is happening? And as I was standing, I was rubbing my fingers together. I don't know why exactly, like a <laughs> mad scientist. And I noticed my fingers were dry and I thought like, why are my fingers so dry? And then I thought, well, I do touch alcohol all the time. And then somehow that led me to, oh, I'm drying out her skin and then sticking something over top of it. Yeah. I wonder if that's a problem. Then I did a little research online and found out that in Europe, um, type ones are not taught to clean sites with alcohol. And really? I was, yeah. Okay. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll try something different then. So now we just clean it with, you know, um, a mild soap sometimes just warm water depend like you know if, if Arden's got a shower at 11 o'clock and we're putting a pot on at one o'clock I'm I'm just making sure she's clean and you know okay. a little warm water and a clean towel let it dry put it on um and that took care of it for her I mean some okay. people some people have really bad adhesive allergies I'm not saying you know that does she use the, the, the skin tech or a barrier or anything or you just never. pop it on no never we've never used that hmm. so and we're not even gentle when we take them off like, you know, people are like, how do I get this off so it doesn't hurt? Like, we peel up a corner, and I look her in the face, and she goes, go ahead. And I just put, and we rip them right oh, off. Oh, wow. <laughs> and she goes, and then it's over. Um, now, some people's skin is so delicate that even just pulling it off quickly would cause a problem for them. But you never know. I mean, it's, it's you know, you feel very badly for people who have those allergies. I mean, very badly is not enough. Like, I feel terrible for people who want to use these devices and can't. Um, yeah, but it's just, it's part of the game. You know what I mean? Like once you're in this world, that's one of the things that may or may not happen to you. It just kind of is yeah. what it is. It sucks. But I hope the barrier works for, because I mean, obviously pumping is a little easier. Yeah. Oh yeah. So far, you know, we have, we've haven't uh, stuttering so far. We haven't had any problems since we started using the barrier. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad that's excellent. Arden not answering me. So this is all going great. <laughs> I'm going to text again. I think she's in a class. I mean, if that's what we're calling it. She's <laughs> on a laptop in her room. I'm assuming ignoring what the person is saying. <clears throat> and uh, she's on Instagram is what I'm guessing. <laughs> is what I'm guessing. <laughs> this has uh, been a real, um, a, a real, uh, I don't know. I feel like my daughter's lost a year of going to high school. Basically, and I don't just mean the the process of being there and the friends. I mean the learning. Yeah, my my boys. I have twin boys. They graduated last year. They were barely at school due to all the the pandemic. They didn't get a graduation. Hmm. Did they lost it all? What are they doing now? Are they working or going to college? Or we are undecided. Yeah. One of them's working. The other one is in the basement. He's <laughs> <laughs> in the basement. <laughs> Oh, my son skipped a semester because of all this, and he was in my basement. He was lifting weights, um, but um, he was in the basement, too. I, I think maybe we all have a kid in the basement at this point. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, even to be honest, like starting school up now is, I mean, if, if somebody wanted to skip a freshman year right now, it makes sense to me. Like, you're going to go off to a place and sit yeah. in a, sit in a dorm room and take classes from a dorm room on a laptop you know in a lot of places so my son's got his fingers crossed that the fall is going to be better and uh that's what i hope so yeah that's what he's aiming for so um tell me some other things that you were hoping to talk about when you came on because um, i don't want to miss anything um 
I'm, I'm going blank. Uh, I'm nervous for one. So Are you really know. nervous? <laughs> You're still nervous? I'm still nervous. I, told, I have anxiety. I've been nervous for a week about this. Oh my God. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> you should have told. Uh, are you going to be nervous after we record it? No, no. I'll be, oh, I mean, I'm, I feel better. I'm, I'm just a little blank on. I should have took notes. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't worry. Hey, I can. Uh, don't worry. I just wanted to. I, I can do it. I just wanted to make sure that, uh, that I wasn't missing anything that you wanted to do. Uh, it's funny. Um, in the course of making the podcast, I have learned about anxiety and actually some other, um, more serious mental issues that when I record with somebody, I like to not give them as long of a lead time and I like to get their episode up more quickly because I find that it can kind of weigh on them if it's just the waiting weighs on them. And I'll be okay in that regard. Okay, you good. Take your time. <laughs> Thanks. Cause there's one I'm rushing out in a week or so because, uh, I just don't want to torture the person. You know, yeah. and and just the waiting would torture them. Meanwhile, the episode's terrific. They did a great job. It's going to be incredibly helpful for a lot of people, and so I just don't want to make a problem for them. That's interesting. Yeah. Do any of the kids have anxiety? My son does. Yeah, one one of them does. Okay. And do you see yourself in him? Vice versa? Does that help you help him, or does it help you help yourself? It, it does. Yeah, he was having a, a really hard time uh, one day last week, and I kind of just explained to him how I feel when I'm, when I'm getting anxious and what helps me. And we went out for a drive and got some fast food and talked some things down and calmed him down. Yeah. That's good. I thought you were gonna tell him I, I told him like, I like a little edible and, uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> takes care of everything. Yeah. Don't say that on here when you have four kids, I don't want typhus coming for you. Uh, but, <laughs> but no, I, um, I, uh, I wasn't, it's nice. So you just basically say, look, this is how it happens to me. I understand you might be feeling the same way. He felt comforted by that, or do you think he just wanted the cheeseburger? No, he felt comforted. I mean, I could tell a whole difference in his demeanor and the way he was. Yeah, that's excellent. So you just—I think just talk. knowing somebody else has it makes you feel like you're not so out of your own head. Yeah. What does it feel like? Do you have an ability to describe that? An ang- like it's an unreasonable concern about something that you intellectually know you don't need to be concerned about, right? Or no. Yeah. Yeah. It's um a lot of times it happens to me at night. I'll I'll just wake up in the middle of the night worried about something absolutely ridiculous. And I'll I'll get to where I can't breathe. I my limbs start shaking. I've got to go take a bath. We actually just bought a hot tub and that's that's helping a lot. You find me out in the hot tub in the middle of the night trying to calm down no, over no. over nonsense, over things that I know aren't gonna happen. So while the while the <clears throat> what's the word I'm looking for? Hold on a second. I might have injured myself with that vitamin C. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, so while that thing is happening, while you're, you know, out of it and limbs feel weak and shaking and and you're worried about something, do you know, like, are you sitting there thinking, I know this isn't important or I know this isn't a problem, but I can't stop worrying about it? Or can you not even focus on the idea that this isn't important? Oh, that it's not important. And I know that there's nothing wrong. Um, but usually what I'll do is, is I'll text all four of the kids, make sure everybody's okay. I'll check Brandy's blood sugar. And then I'll start working on steps to calm myself down from there. Cause once I know that they're fine, nothing else really matters. And I can start, you know, backtracking back to normal. Can I ask you, and you might not know, but if I showed up at your house with a billion dollars and I was like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put a private security guard on everybody you love. I'm going to have three nurses on this kid with the diabetes 
Everybody is safe. Here's all the money in the world you'll ever need to pay your bills and your house. You have no worries in the world. Would you just worry about something else? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> okay. Then suddenly you'd be like, there's not enough fresh water on the planet. And or Absolutely. Yeah. Gotcha. Or, or dying. Like, I'm going to die of something. That's that's what's got me currently. I, mean, I don't have anything wrong with me. I've, I'm perfectly great health. But I'm like, what if something happens to me? What? Who is going to take care of, of Brandy? How are the, are the boys going to be okay? They're not even going to college. <laughs> what are they going to do? Ah, uh, so you, okay. Well, that can I, yeah. may I, Mandy? That's a reasonable concern. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, I worry about that. Okay. I mean, I have a little bit of a insurance policy set up for my kids. I mean, it's not going to carry them through their life or anything like that. And I still yeah. think like the, the way, but the way it occurs to me is if something were to happen to me, <clears throat> I don't worry that they'd be Okay. I feel disappointed that I didn't get to tell them everything I wanted to tell them and not about how I felt, but about the things I feel like they need to know. Yeah. Um, And then that makes me feel like I wouldn't have shaped them. And then I, and then it leaves you without wonderment of what's going to happen to them. Like, where are they going to go? Which I guess is no different than what you're saying. You're just, you're thinking it more from a safety perspective. And I'm thinking of it as a, as like a, a course perspective. Yeah. But do same. you feel like if something was to happen to you, like does Arden, can Arden do what you do? I think that if Arden would remember to pre-bolus, I think she could swing a low six A1C. And I have told her in the past, and I know I don't know what she would do, but I've, t- I've told her in the past. I said, look, Arden, I know a lot of people listen to the podcast and it feels like it's a thing now. Um, but it's for you. I'm like that podcast. Like I know other people get something out of it. Um, but it's, I made it for you. It's for you. It, it's how to take care of yourself. It's a, it's a living, breathing document that will explain how to take care of yourself. It is literally about you. When you hear me give an explanation in an episode, it will be about you. And so you'll be able to hear that and, and know what I was thinking. Cause I've, I've explained it out. In, in clear, plain language, um, so much so that strangers can understand it. Yeah. Um, but I said, but it wasn't for them. It's great that it works for them. Th- this is this is this is the thing I'm leaving behind for now. Will she well, listen? That's, to, that's yeah, it's lovely. Unless she doesn't listen to it, Mandy, and then what? Yeah. <laughs> then yeah. it's just a podcast. Um, that's that's a great way of of thinking. That's that's really beautiful. Yeah. Well, you know what it is really is. Um, I don't know if other people have this feeling. Um, but uh, I enjoy writing. I don't do it anymore. Uh, but I used to daydream about having enough time to sit down and write things out that I thought my kids would benefit from. Mm-hmm. Uh, things I was worried we wouldn't get to. Like something you'd think of and you're like, oh, that's not really till they're 20. But they were 10. And yeah. You know what I mean? Like I should write that down somewhere. And then I thought, even if I did that, you couldn't do that. First of all, like you can't live a life and write about a life at the same time. There's not enough time for that. And so I couldn't be their parent at the same time. I was documenting what I wanted them to know, or I would miss out on the new stuff that I would need to figure out to say to them later. I don't know if that yeah. makes sense or not. It's just not a reasonable idea to, to write down a, a um, a, you know, a manual for life. Um, yeah. while you're living a life like maybe i can get old one day and like 
sit down and write all my thoughts down, but that won't be in time for my kids. And not anybody else is, nobody else is going to be interested in what I think about raising your kids. Like that's, you know what I mean? So I was like, well, that's not going to work. Um, but the podcast and the blog, I mean, it's obviously it's, it's for Arden, you know, it's, it's, it's hers. So, um, hopefully she'll use that to get back to your question. But I mean, if I was being realistic based on the stories that I hear on this podcast, I would think that if I dropped dead, she'd revolt against this or A1C would go up into the tens and hopefully she would figure out that she doesn't want to live that way and then listen to the podcast. That's what happens to everybody else that you hear come on here, right? Yeah. (laughs) So there are people who panic and look for it right away and find it. And there are people who get put in your situation don't really know any better, haven't been taught any better, and then just one day think to themselves, like, eh, there's got to be a better way than this. And then there's the people who get caught in that bad go and never get out of it. And, I mean, I, there are really only a couple of lanes you can fall into. So yeah. I, I don't know what would happen to her. I think watching her, she would take care of herself. But, you know, people like to come on here, and I don't know if you've ever heard them. It's the adults that have type 1. They always ask me, um, so you're really good at this, but like, you know, what about your daughter? What about when she's by herself? And if you listen to that question, sometimes it's people being concerned and sometimes it's people going, it's not going to work, buddy. Like, like, yeah. like that's what they think. And I don't know if it's going to work or not. Like, I, I don't know who she is. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. who she's going to end up being. I hope, I, I think she could. I think if she listened to the podcast, she could do it well. And then she'll need to want to, you know? Yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. I, you know, for everybody out there who's looking for some uh, some way to stop worrying about whether or not your kid's going to be the one who does a great job with it or your kid's going to be the one who ignores it, like there's, I don't think you're in charge of that, really. I think you just say the things and, you know, like I was talking about earlier, just say the things and hope that somebody picks up on it and does it. You know, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Is that what you're worried uh- about? Oh yeah, I'm always worried about that. Like, I can see Brandy getting married and walking down the aisle, and me being like, "Oh, you need a dose, babe." <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think I'm going to be able to to let it go. Yeah, I mean, I'm not unless gonna... she maybe she'll marry an endocrinologist or something, and I'll I can let go of it. But <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. What if she doesn't get one of the endocrinologists that really understands diabetes? <laughs> <laughs> maybe you know our endocrinologist. We were just there last week. And um, she was a 5.8 and I was thrilled to death. Like I took her on a shopping spree, thrilled to death. Yeah. But the doctor said it was too low. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm going to use a colloquialism here, Mandy. Uh, f- them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you have a, That's pretty much what I said. <laughs> yeah. If you have a 5.8 and you are not experiencing prolonged or frequent lows and your variability is good, meaning she's not 300 sometimes and 50 sometimes, and that's not happening all the time, then you came about your 5.8 legitimately. Now, if you've got, you know, overnight she's 65 for 10 hours, then you you have not come across your 5.8 legitimately. That makes sense? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we got it legitimately and yeah. I said the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Then 5.8. Hell. Congratulations. That's amazing, by the way. How much of that is your anxiety? <laughs> like like driving <laughs> to driving what you do, I mean. Uh, probably all of it. Um <laughs> just because I, I mean I wanted I want her to be okay, you know, and I don't want any type of prolonged damage. I don't want to think about any of that. 
I just, I want to give her the best shot at taking care of this without me one day that I possibly can. Good for you. Hey, if I was there, if you and I were married, how would I help you with your anxiety? I would have none because you are like one of the few, this is what's so appealing to most moms about you is like you, you're a, a man and you're taking control of this. And there's not a lot of guys out there that do that. Not a lot of husbands, not a lot of dads out there that do that. That's what I think is, is why you're at almost 4 million downloads because all these moms are like, Oh my God. Oh, well, that's not what, okay. That was really kind and I appreciate it, but that wasn't what I was asking. So I, I, I love that. You, it was very nice that you said it. you made me blush. <laughs> so um, what was uh, your question? For, forget me for a second. I said me just making, if, 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 if there was a person living with you, an adult who is concerned for you, how, how does that person help you with anxiety? Like what would make your anxiety better? Oh, nothing, nothing. I'm, I'm remarried and I, I have a person who cares for me and oh. puts my anxiety um, up there and makes sure that things are, are good and reassures me that there's nothing to worry about, but doesn't there help. still is things to worry about. <laughs> you try ever like an effexor or something like that to take the edge off the anxiety? Have you ever tried one of those things? I, I have in the past, yeah, but I'm not really a big medicine type person. I don't really like the feeling after or if you if you miss a dose and you you get jittery and things like that. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. I gotcha. Um, yeah, I was just looking for ways that people could help, but there is no way to help, right? Like, no. like cause common like common sense won't help, rationality won't help. The truth won't help. And definitely me saying to you, can you calm down? Won't help. So oh, like, no. <laughs> that makes it worse. Does it? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's funny because it's, it, it is, it is both completely invaluable and the absolute truth, but there's no way to get to it. Like if you just calm down, there's no big deal here, you know, but, and that's yeah. something you would say to somebody who's in control of that uh, feeling. Um, anybody, have you ever talked to your parents or did anybody else struggle with this in your family line? Anxiety? No, not really. Um, I mean, my sister, my sister has the same issues that I do. Um, but we were, we were kind of raised by our grandparents. Um, and no, they don't have anything like that. No. Do you think it's something that gets instilled in you or do you think it's a, a wiring thing? I think it's a wiring thing. You do. Yeah. Okay. Do you think it's possible that, if somebody's got that wiring issue and then they're in a, a more traumatic upbringing that it just makes it worse. I do. Yeah. yeah that could happen. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Like my son, for example, he, he's got nothing to worry about. What are you having panic attacks about? You've got nothing going on. I, I take care of your every need. You <laughs> live in my basement for free. Yeah. You, you got Bills. nothing to worry about. Why are you having panic attacks? It's just, I think you're kind of just wired that way. And You've never locked him in the basement, right? No. Oh, okay. Well, then I was going to say, because that would be concerning if I was like, I might wake up today and she won't let me out. No, no. <laughs> if you've never done that, then I think it's fine. Never done that. No. Nope. I lived in the attic for years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in a house we lived in, it had this, like this A-framed attic. Like you couldn't, you could only walk in the middle of the room because of the, the, the sharpness of the ceiling. If that oh, makes, wow. If that makes sense. But my, um. Yeah, you know, my parents had like kids and I was like, uh, there's not a lot of room in here for everybody. I was like, can I go in the attic? I remember my dad saying it's cold up there. And I was like, I'll take a blanket. It's <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> like, I got to get the hell out of it. There's too many little kids in my room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got to go. Um, yeah, that's really something. I, I feel, um, 
And I wonder if you get this from other people ever, like, I, I want to give you a hug or help you and I don't know how. And like, is that, is that not insulting, but is that, does that feel bad to you that, that I feel that way? Or are you, or does that make you no, happy to know somebody? No, I mean, I mean a, lot, a lot, everybody feels that way. Everybody wants to help you when you're in that moment, but nobody really can. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, your podcast, I swear, I, I know he has not paid me to say this, but gosh, you have absolutely changed my level of anxiety from a 10 to maybe, i say I'm probably at a five now, just by knowing that Brandy's okay. I'm going to go downstairs and tell my wife this when we're done, and she's going to laugh <laughs> and tell me that I have put her anxiety at a 15. <laughs> so they're funny. Uh, well, I'm very happy that that's um, the truth, um, and I'm I'm happy for you. Um I wish, I wish it was doing more, but, um, but that seems like a lot actually like cutting it in half. Oh yeah, most definitely. Well, I had a question and I don't know what my question is. I guess, I guess, let me jump to this. Would you move her to an algorithm? Like when Omnipod five comes out, if that could like manage lows, would you, or would that feel too out of your control? So the endocrinologist actually was telling us about that, um, that they were hoping for that by the end of the year, I think the, the new one, and that it's supposed yeah. to coincide with Dexcom. My only concern with that is, I mean, Dexcom is wonderful. I, I couldn't live without it, but what about when it's wrong? Yeah. I mean, it oddly turns out to not be that big of a problem. So yeah, yeah it's, um, hard to, hard to. I mean, I guess, listen, if you were a person whose body chemistry just doesn't jive with CGM sensing technology and you couldn't get it, you couldn't get a CGM to ever work well on you, then obviously that wouldn't be okay. But if your blood sugar was 130 and it thought you were 140 or vice versa, that that wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. yeah. That that works fine. And you just have to pay attention to it a little bit, too. You know, you. I mean, we always Dexcom's generally spot on, but like we have those times when you first put one on and and you're getting low alerts, but she's really 120. Things like that worry me a little bit. There's ways. There's simple. Like once you have it, there's simple ways to like manage that moment, and they only take a couple of seconds. It's 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 like anything else with this diabetes technology is that when you can't when you don't know enough about it, you can't imagine what to do, and then the worst seems like it's the answer. And then for yeah. for you, that's probably twice as bad. Like not yeah. not, being light, <laughs> not being lighthearted, but like for you, it's probably twice as bad. Um, oh yeah. But it's just like anything. It 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 is quite honestly like anything else. Like if I said okay. to you right now, um, tomorrow I need you to pack your car and drive five states away and visit a national park. Um, take your kids. I need you to take a bunch of pictures, and I need you to be home in thirty six hours. Um, you'd be like, oh my god, I can't do that. But the truth is, you could. And if you just did it, you'd do it. And and I think that's the same way with this stuff. Like you just, you imagine everything that can go wrong. Like it's, it's you know, like, what do you hear from people? Like, I don't want to get a pump. What if it malfunctions and kills me? Well, okay. I mean, I guess that's happened in the past, like a couple of times in the last 20 years, but like, that's not really a thing you worry about. Um, you know, what if I don't know how to insert this? What if I don't know? Everybody feels like that in the beginning. Like everybody yeah. feels like that. Like the, the, the secret to all of this that everybody should know is obvious is that in the beginning, when you're struggling, you were only struggling because you don't have enough experience yet. Yeah. And, and, 
And are you struggling if you're alive? Like it's not going as well as you want it to. The struggle is that you think it's never going to change, but it does. If you don't give up, it changes. And so, you know, I, when I talk to people, I don't say it on here very much, but cause I don't have the same kinds of conversations on here that I do privately. But the truth is, is that the desire to do well is a large part of succeeding with type one diabetes. Yeah. In my mind, just the desire to do well, like you, you legitimately want to do well. That desire propels you through the bullshit. It, it gets you through the experiences and it gets you out the other side. It's, it's just like, it's like flying through a cloud for 10 miles. Like just keep, Absolutely. keep going and it'll break eventually and you'll still be up there and, and you'll see, it'll feel, it'll feel better. But while you're in the cloud, you're like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm going to crash. We're going to get hit by lightning. <laughs> like I'm going to crash into a bird. Like, you know, like it, it, it feels like there's an endless possibility for what could go wrong. Yeah. You know, but the truth is, you know, get your basil right. Pre-bolus, understand the different impacts of foods, stay flexible. That's it really, you know, and then yeah. just have enough experiences where it starts to make sense. That's it. I mean, is that what you found? Absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, in the beginning, like it, it's never, easy you just learn how to do it okay yeah yeah i agree just terrible um it's just tough in the beginning it just really really is um i i just hope everybody can know like i used to say online um I, i took a little flack for it years ago because i think it was very outside of how people talked about diabetes but i would say and now i hear people say it but i would say diabetes is hard and it's never really going to get easy, but one day you'll get so good at it that it'll feel easy. Yeah, definitely. And, and that is, I mean, that's kind of all you can hope for in this scenario, right? Is that it's, it just doesn't feel burdensome all the time. And you have yeah. to, you have to let it too. You, there are too many people who like the drama, not just around diabetes, but everything. Like they, they, they like being upset and, and they don't like it. I, I'm, that's the wrong word. It's somehow comfortable for them. Like maybe they grew up in a house where there was always drama, where people were always yelling or things were always going wrong. Like we all know people who are more comfortable when something's wrong than when everything's good. And, yeah. we, and we all know people who, when things are good, make problems because they're more comfortable when there's just, you know, a disaster going on around them. Um, and I think you have to let it get better. You, you know what I mean? You have to, I don't know. I don't know what happens. I'm not a psychiatrist, but there's something about people like staying in the muck sometimes and you got to let yourself get out. You got to realize like I am much better at this than I think I am. I, there's yeah. a person recently that begged me to look at their kid's graph. They begged me and I looked at it and I was like, this is a good graph. Like, I don't know what, I mean, what is it you're worried about? Well, look at this here. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you could have done a better job with the bolus, but it's like, it's not bad, you, you know? And um, I'm talking to him and I'm like, this is, you're, you're really much better at this than you think you are. And she's like, do you think so? And I was like, yeah, I mean, look, you know, like this is obvious. And I think just somebody telling her that was enough for her to like go, okay, so I'm not struggling anymore. Like, I think she was so accustomed to struggling that, she couldn't believe that she wasn't almost. I, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I really don't know. It's just, I, I see enough people that it, uh, it strikes me that that ends up being the truth. You know, I also think a lot of 
a lot of um, endocrinologists just aren't, I mean, they, they kind of just give you a cut and dry, do this, do this, do this, do this, which is all wrong. Mm-hmm. And then when you go to them and you're, and you're wanting the pat on the back for a 5.8, you don't get it. Right. So you kind of feel like you are doing something wrong when you're, when you're not. Oh, hell, the thing that happened to you is way too common. So you get a doctor who doesn't understand any of the stuff I just said. Get your basal right, pre-balls. They don't understand any of that. They see a 5'8". They immediately believe that's because you're having a lot of lows because there's no way you could have a 5'8 if you had type 1 diabetes is what they're going to yeah. think. And so Yeah, then, she wanted us to be in the 7th. Huh. I was like, what? what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, so what did you tell her? I, I kind of just... We're at the philosophy now where Brandy wants to, <laughs> she doesn't even like to go to the doctor with me because I, I smile and I shake my head and I let them make their adjustments. And, and yeah. then we get out to the parking lot and I'll put it all right back where it was <laughs> because. Just smile and wave boys. Just yeah. smile and wave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the only part of that little cartoon movie I remember from when my kids were younger is those penguins, just like with that big grin on their face in Madagascar. <laughs> and they're just in the, and the, the one penguin's like, just smile and wave, boys. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel in that in that story. Um, uh, listen, I guess I should probably tell people to listen to their doctors, but you've got a five eight without a lot of lows. Um, you know what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, telling somebody to raise their A one C a point and a half, it just says to me that she, the doctor, believes wholeheartedly you're going to have some crazy dangerous low, which, by the way, for most people might be true. But it isn't for you. You understand the bigger picture. Yeah. So what she should be doing is asking you, how did you do this? Because you've got a Dexcom there. She can see there's no lows, right? Like. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, there's a low here and there, but she's never steady low. Or right. And how, it's not common. What are you calling low as well? Uh, maybe like 50. Yeah. I see a 50 once in a while. You go, oh, geez. How'd that happen? You, you know, like, and, and you fix it. You don't let them be 50 for an hour. You go, oh, oh no, no. Stop it. And it, it used to, like, if, if she got anywhere near 80, I would freak out because yeah. I thought, oh, my God, this is going to be too low. But now 50, eh, have a juice box. You'll be all right. I, I had a lady tell me they they treat at 115 at their house. And I was like, what? And she goes, well, I don't, but my husband does. And I was like, I got you. Um, but oh, wow. you know, she's like, I'm trying to talk him out of it. But he's just scared. And I don't think the yeah. doctor's any different. I, I guarantee you that doctor all day long sees people who either have incredibly high blood uh, A1Cs or incredibly low. The ones with the low ones are low too much and it's dangerous for them. And she just lumped you in with that without. I wonder if how long have you had that good A1C? Um, we've since finding the podcast, we've come down from uh, I think we were an eight and then we were seven. Something. I mean, it's steadily come down all the way. Um, mm. She was, I think, six point eight. This time before this one, now we're five point eight. Hmm. I wonder if you if you do it a couple more times, if the doctor will chill out. I hope so. Yeah. And if if not, we'll we'll fix it when we get to the car. You did. Yeah, you didn't tell her I learned this on a podcast, right? I did not. Yeah, I don't think she would have handled that well. Some of them do. <laughs> by the way, there are a lot of people listening right now who were referred by their doctors, which is really yeah, it's very cool. Um, I get to see, um. So I hear stories, first of all, and some doctors write me notes and stuff like that, which is great. But uh, when people come into the private Facebook group for the podcast, it asks where you heard about the podcast. Uh, funnily, some people come in and don't know what the podcast is. They're like, what podcast? That one's that. That's what it, th- th- those are people who have heard the Facebook group. It's just a great group. 
Um, yeah. But a lot of people say my doctor recommended it. Wow. Yeah. So it makes you feel I mean, like, do you know how many lives that would change though? Like if, if when you get diagnosed, instead of making us watch these ridiculous videos and play with a teddy bear and practice injections, they make you listen to pro tips. Your pink like panther. Would, <laughs> your pink panther. People would go home them. and have an idea of what to do. Yeah. No, I didn't mean to cut you off, but yeah, I, I had a stupid joke I wanted to say, yeah. but um, I agree with you. I think good information sooner is beneficial. Yeah. And in a way that you can digest it and understand it. And, and I, I will listen. If I'll take credit for one thing, I think I know how to talk about this in a way that is uh, understandable and not overwhelming. Definitely. Right. So I it, maybe the doctor just can't do that. Maybe that doctor sitting in front of you knows everything that I know and doesn't know how to say it to you. That's completely possible. <laughs> it's not, not everybody's good at the chit chat, you know? So, um, yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah, that damn pimp. Did you get the Pink Panther book when she was diagnosed? We did get the Pink Panther book, and we got the the Rufus, the teddy bear. That stuff that didn't help you. No, oh, that's, that's surprising. I really thought a teddy bear was going to help you get your basil right. Um, <laughs> listen, the teddy bear is nice. I'm not going to say a teddy bear is not nice, but you know, no one. I don't know who in the world believes that a person gets diagnosed with type 1 diabetes and goes home and reads a manual about type 1 diabetes. I don't know who thinks that actually happens. Yeah. You know, I just, I held onto that damn book for 10 years. Even after I didn't need it, I wouldn't throw it away. And then one day I was like, what am I doing? I threw it right in the trash. I never opened it once in a decade. Yeah. Ours went up on top of the refrigerator until we moved. And then we threw it out when we moved. Yeah. And it's got that weird grease on it from the, uh, the, <laughs> yeah. kitchen, the kitchen, like, like, oh, I must make too much bacon. That's what I always think when I feel like <laughs> I'm always like, we got to make less bacon. This, this grease is up here. It's weird. Um, anyway, I, I'll ask you again, just to be careful. Is there anything we didn't talk about that you wanted to? No, I think we got it all. Are you still nervous? No, I'm, I'm much better now. <laughs> cool. Everybody's always better at the end. Yeah. Uh, I, um, I wonder sometimes if people listening can hear when people relax. Like I can tell when I'm talking to people when they calm down. Um, and they, and they kind of chill out. I can tell people who think they're not nervous, but they are, they're interesting too. Yeah. They're just, like, I sent my friend a, a video right before you clicked on and came on and my, of my hands, my hands were just trembling while I was waiting for you to, to click on. Are you serious? Oh yeah. I was like, maybe he forgot. I, I don't know. <laughs> and I was early anyway, but. Yeah. Well, yeah, you were early. So like, um, I was, oh, this will, <laughs> hopefully this will make you laugh as we go. Um, uh, hold on a second. I have to tell Arden to close the loop. Um, and hold on a second. And don't bolus if you haven't. Um, I was walking, like I took care of my dogs beforehand. And then I moved some laundry. And then I went to the bathroom and washed my hands. And then I was, and as I was doing all that, I got a notice that you were in the Zoom. Like I get a, I get a message. And I looked at the time and I was still like, oh, I still have like five minutes. Like, this is about when I said I was going to come on. And um, I was like, oh, at least she's there. We can get started. So meanwhile, <laughs> you're like texting. I hope nobody forgot. I'm just like, I'm sorry. I feel badly now. Like, I felt bad that I, I was moving stuff to the dryer while you were while you were upset and your hands were shaking. Well, That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mandy, listen, I have no power over anything in the world. But if I did, I would pray for you and everybody else's anxiety to leave them alone. Um, because, uh, I've seen it, I've seen it mess with people and I know it's not nice. So, um, I wish, I wish you well. 
Thank you. Yeah. And I mean, just calm down. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Why don't you just calm down? Has anybody ever said that to you? Like in your life? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's great. Why don't you just go away? Leave me alone. Yeah. Then I will. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I see. Mandy's like, look, you might not be the cause of my anxiety, but you ain't making it much better. So you get to leave now. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I seriously, I, I hope people who don't have it can, can believe how, how impactful it is. It's, it's not good. So, um, thank you very much. Would you hold on for one second? Mm -hmm. I've hit record again. I meant Uh to do that. I meant to do this and I didn't do it in the thing. So at the very beginning of our recording, I said to Mandy, I'm having you on because I have a very good feeling about you. Um, But Mandy sells books about type 1 diabetes. And I don't let people on here to sell things that I can't be sure of. Um, But I was really sure about you, Mandy. And over the last hour, you you more than proved out uh, what I thought, who I thought you were. So just very quickly, you're on Instagram. What's your handle on Instagram? Uh, cranky panky books and we have a, a website uh, crankypanky.com how did you start doing that um well because i couldn't find anything that i really liked for brandy book wise um so i i wrote my own illustrated my own and then from there i kind of built it up and i think we've got about 11 type one books right now wow. and we're doing them for other authors um yeah, that's excellent it's going well that's really great and so um tell me again crankypankybooks.com just crankypanky.com, but on Instagram, we're crankypankybooks. Got it. Okay. So people should go check it out. Um, and just while Mandy's still here and, and we're finishing up, I take my responsibility like very seriously about, I, I, I'm not a gatekeeper, but you would maybe, or not, maybe, maybe you wouldn't be surprised about how many people every day try to get on this podcast and a great number of them want to sell you something. And, yeah. um, so I have to be incredibly careful about that. And I say no to a lot of people who want to come on the show. Um, that's understandable. Yeah. Yeah. But you, I just didn't think that's who oh. you were. And I was like, I'm going to take a flyer on this one here. I'm going to try. And you more than proved to, uh, prove me right. Uh, and so I wanted to, to take a, a, a moment here at the end and tell people to check you out and see what they think. Well, thank you. No, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening to the program. Thank you, Mandy, for being so honest. Thank you, Dexcom and Omnipod, for sponsoring the show. A thank you, thank you, thank you. Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Get started today with that Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor. Peace of mind is but a few clicks away. And don't forget that Omnipod promise. You can get started right now with Omnipod at Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Maybe you're eligible for a free 30-day supply of the Omnipod Dash. And last, I want to remind you to go to the T1D Exchange, t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. Fill out the survey, support people living with type 1 diabetes. It's incredibly quick and simple to do, and it benefits people just like you, people living with type 1 diabetes. I want to thank you so much for listening and for supporting the show October was just another record month for downloads, and that is completely because of you and your willingness to share the Juicebox podcast with other people. It grows every month. I'm looking at statistics from 2021. It has not just grown every month, but leapt, leapt, leapt from where it was in January. 
And where it was in January, I was thrilled with. So where it is now is bonkers. All because of you. Sharing the show is maybe the kindest thing you can do. Thank you so much. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.